You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi folks and welcome to episode 25 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast, the show for September 2015. This is the first episode of year three of the show and I'm your host Bart Pushots. Well, it's I can't really believe it's been two years since I started this show, but here we are starting into year three. Um, joining me for this first show of year three, I have two wonderful panellists. We have, uh, actually we seem to be entirely a British Isles show today, which is unusual. I usually manage to get one American on, but uh uh, all within a few hundred miles of the Irish Sea. So there's um, Gazmaz is with us. Hi, Gaz. Uh, good evening. And I would just say good evening. I don't have to say good afternoon or good morning because yes. we are in evening state at the moment. Yes, we're all at Greenwich <laughs> Mean Time. It is 20 hours and 12 minutes for all of us. And the other us is Nick Rowley. Hi, Nick. Uh, hi, Bart. And happy new uh, podcasting year. I suppose <laughs> it is, yeah. No, it's it's it just struck me then that that it it seems like only yesterday and yet it's been two years. So it's funny how that goes. Flies by, doesn't it? It really does. Um now, September is pretty much always the month with the most Apple news ever because Apple have a habit of having a keynote, releasing a batter of software, and then releasing some hardware into the mix as well. And September twenty fifteen has been no exception whatever. So let's get stuck into the news, um, starting off with our notable numbers section. So we're going to be talking in detail later in the show about iOS 9. It only came out this month, and already, less than a week after it came out, it was at 50% adoption rate, which is just astounding, in my opinion. Yeah, and they like these numbers, don't they, Apple? They do like to tout them when they've got a high... Uh, uh, adoption and retention rate on the latest uh, OS. So uh, I'm sure they're rubbing their hands together with glee on that one. Hmm. Well, it, it's very good I for mean, developers because they get to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it makes it, it – it, it, it's good all around really because obviously Apple know uh, where it comes from a um, – uh, from um, oh, the word just gone from my head for some reason for us um, support. Hmm. Um, it makes it easy for them on support. It makes it easy for them to know uh, what to develop under one tree. It helps developers. It helps security. It, it's good all around, I suppose. It's the only thing it can be a little bit of a downer on is if you've got a, a an older device which doesn't run the latest quite so so snappily. But I think Apple are pretty good at trying to make sure that their newer um, software now runs relatively uh, well on older devices yeah by basically stripping out features so that those devices can keep up which is fine because it means they're they're yeah. um security wise they're kept nice and up to date quite a contrast to the android ecosystem i would say <laughs> yes yes apple do make it very easy don't they to upgrade it's a button and you push yeah. it. <laughs> not only that you also get a little a little um oh what's the phrase they use for the little a little badge Badge, badge, that's the word. Yeah, you get the little badge as well to say there's an upgrade. A little prod. Yeah, it's a nag badge, isn't it, really? Well, it is. It's red, so it's like poke, poke. Have you done it yet? Poke, poke. Although some people I see with the badge that says, you know, 56 or something, it's like, have you ever updated it up? No. (laughs) (laughs) But that is a minority, I will admit. 
Um, another story that caught my eye. So the company 451 Research did uh, some satisfaction surveying on the Apple Watch and they found that 87% of people are satisfied with their Apple Watches, which is a good number. But I don't know, for Apple, that seems low. Yeah, has that dropped? Because I thought that they had quite some good numbers when it first came out. But yeah, you're yes, right. I thought that. it was 90-something. Yeah, But was that by the same company? Because Not sure. Depending on how you poll... It's it's hard to compare apples with apples sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this was probably four people who were passing who they asked. Well, eighty-seven. No, that'd make it seventy-five, twenty-five, fifty. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, like it's not a bad. I'm sure a lot of companies would be delighted with it, high eighty percent satisfaction. But it just struck me that Apple usually has a nine as the first digit. I think they're always. It going wasn't to... a massive sample size, was it? What does it say in the story? 145 users, apparently. Ah, no, that's not a massive sample size. Yeah. No, yeah, never mind. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's. uh, I think it's. I'm just reading the article down, and it says the sample size was 145 users, which it does say, which is on the small size. But uh, so you can plus minus quite a bit around that. Yeah. Don't you think as well with the Apple Watch being such a personal device that there's more chance of people saying, nah, no, this isn't for me. Whereas with yes. a phone, it's a phone, so you'll, you'll keep it, even if it's not the most brilliant thing you've ever had. You'll, keep, you'll probably keep it and, and, and be quite happy with it. But with a watch, mm. it well, is look, very look personal, at, like, isn't it? Yeah. Victor Cahier, who is a you know, card-carrying nerd, card-carrying Apple nerd, Victor got an Apple Watch, tried it, and got rid of it. Yeah, didn't like it. I, on the other hand, am delighted with mine, so good for me. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad about that. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, since you, you were my dealer. No, no, I wasn't your dealer. Oh, wait, no, yes, officially, yes, never mind. No, I, <laughs> they actually came out in Ireland, which I, I wasn't going to, I didn't bother putting it in as a real story because Ireland is quite small, but every other website in the world, they had like, you know, coming soon or coming this year or whatever. And the Irish store, they didn't even have an Apple Watch page. So I sort of assumed, oh, it's not coming here for some time. So I, with the help of Gaz, I acquired one. And then last week, out of the blue, you know, there was no page saying coming soon. It just went from zero to, ta-da, here's an Apple Watch. But, but you were there, weren't you, first? You know, you could go around saying, right, oh, yes, you use it like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are very personal. And I think that number with that rate is to be not sniffed at, but to be taken lightly with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Um, and I'm, I'm actually surprised Mac Observer of of gone with that story to be honest with you because it is a very low number mm. I'm sorry uh, we were to have a third panellist and we are to have a third panellist Alison has just realised what time it is uh, now Alison's asking me for a link I presume she means dial her in on Skype this is going to make great radio uh, <laughs> how do we do that Well, wh- while you're trying that uh, let, let, let me see if I can do some fill shall I <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so, so Nick Yes. It, it, have you ever done any surveys in your organisation for your company? No. Oh, dear. Well, that's not <laughs> helped me at all. Well, that's um, all right. We don't need any more filler. Hi, oh, Alison. Excellent. <laughs> hello, hello. Alison's being uh, Hello, quiet. boys. Oh, there you are. Hi, Alison. So, so, so <laughs> I'm now just I'm... sitting around going, oh, I've got a show at noon. No problem. I'll just sit here and eat my breakfast. It's quarter after 12. <laughs> Sorry. Oopsie. That. <laughs> That's fine. We... You retired folk. 
<laughs> well, I had to have room time to, you know, drink coffee for a while first. Oh, yeah, well, that's very important. And go for a run and goof around on the internet. Uh, all very important stuff, yeah. <gasps> anyway, we were just nearly finishing up with notable numbers, so just one last one to throw into the mix, uh, which is that Adobe did a study of what they call TV Everywhere, which... It's a kind of a makey-uppy category because it means that it's television that would, should be on a television but isn't on a television, so YouTube doesn't count. It's kind of the definition they've come up with. But they say in that interesting definition that 67% of television everywhere is watched on Apple devices already before Apple bring out cool new stuff. Say that one more time. Just so we can sync that in, 67% of what is on Apple TV? What they call TV everywhere. People watching traditional television, not on a television. Or sorry, not... And the definition of traditional television must be HBO Go? That kind of stuff. So the... Yeah, so network television, but not through your cable. That's not cable network television, though. That's cable TV. Is there a difference? Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe there the is foreigners a difference. don't get that difference. This is... It, it, Tell it, yeah. I don't know. It's think, kind of a made-up category. Yeah, didn't you say it was makey-uppy? Yeah, but the point being that people who are cord cutters, but who are not just happy with YouTube and not having their Game of Thrones, they already seem to like Apple products, I think is the point of it. Okay. But that's a subset of a subset of a subset, right? <laughs> Arguably, they're the people who Apple are trying to target, but if they already have 67% of them, I guess that's good. Yeah. Anyway, let us jump into the legal news. Just three quick stories to touch on, all sort of updates of long-running sagas. So the LA Schools District had a wee bit of a deal with Apple where they're going to get lots of stuff for the curriculum and they were going to get lots of cool iPads, one for every student, and the whole thing went sour. Well, Apple and Lenovo have managed to come to a settlement with the LA School District. Apple will pay $4.2 million to make the problem go away and Lenovo will pay $2.2 million to make the problem go away. And that should be that. Jolly good. Pocket change. <laughs> no, that's true. It's like, that whole story just makes me so angry. Which should have worked. It's Apple and education. It should have been a case study of brilliance, and it, it so isn't. One of the big mistakes they made, and you and I have talked about this before, is that Apple gave iPads to kids or to this school who gave them to the kids. They had pretty much no training, apparently, to the teachers or ineffective training at best. Mm. And then uh, the kids figured out how to bypass the security settings. So instead of taking the kids who figured it out and putting them in an advanced uh, technology class, they punished them. Yes, because you know, learning that's... learning should independent learning will not be tolerated. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, ours was a mess from start to finish. Uh, speaking of messes from start to finish, the U.S. Appeals Court finds that Apple were wrongly denied an injunction against Samsung, and I've told the lower court to have another good hard think about it. So we'll see what the lower court decides to do. And then finally, Apple have decided they're going to appeal the ebook case to the very highest court in the land. They are off to visit the U.S. Supreme Court. Assuming, of course, the Supreme Court is happy to see them. So actually, just, just for context, um, the Supreme Court is not under an obligation to take any case. You can petition them to hear your case and they can say yay or nay. So Apple have said, please hear our case. And now we wait to see if they will. And if they say they will, then we wait to see them go to court. And then they think about it for months and months and months. And then I think it's end of June, they give out all of their answers in one go. So 
We shall see. How long has this one been running for now? <laughs> ebook. The Eleven ebook years. case. Yeah, the ebook case was <laughs> we were talking about that on IMP. This is now the third year of Let's oh Talk gosh. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> I think that ebooks will cease to have been surpassed by some other technology before this one's done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. When it no longer matters, we will have an answer. I would guess the US Supreme Court or, or representatives of are, are probably carrying it a corner and hoping it'll get hoping it'll go away. I don't know. I have a feeling they might enjoy taking up the case because it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when you get to that stage, you, you 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 don't jump into that sort of environment without some sort of glee on your face. Um, for looking forward to these sorts of cases, surely. But I would hope that the, the people on the Supreme Court like making taking difficult cases. <laughs> I would imagine they're all sitting there going ka-ching. <laughs> I don't or think they get paid is. per case. I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. But anyway. No, no, no. But there certainly will be people who were thinking, yes, some more money. The lawyers, you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, let's jump into the big news for September. So obviously we will get to the keynote. But before we get to the keynote, I think for like one of the first times, if not the first time on Let's Talk Apple, I'm going to talk Apple and security. Because this month, there has been the first substantial uh, malware story regarding Apple. It's not a catastrophe, but it is a real story nonetheless. And so I think we should, on this monthly show, recognize the fact that it has happened. The sky has not fallen in, but it has happened nonetheless. And I am, of course, talking about Xcode Ghost. So what happened is Chinese developers are behind the Great Firewall of China. The Great Firewall of China makes it very slow to download large files from outside of China. And Xcode, which is the software used to write Apple apps, is huge. Massive big thing. Downloading it from Apple takes them days. So, there is this whole flurry of unofficial mirrors within China. And a lot of them are simply good-hearted people helping out their fellow developers. And some of them are not. Some of them contained booby-trapped versions of Xcode, which meant that every app built with this booby-trapped app builder contained malware in the app. So there were Chinese developers developing away, developing away, submitting stuff to the App Store, and the stuff was making it into the App Store. Now, the epicenter of all of this was China, so the vast majority of compromised apps were Chinese apps, but there are also Chinese companies developing major apps for major companies, so I believe there was a version of Angry Birds was affected and also apparently WeTalk or WeChat or We Something, which is very popular with people who are not me, was also affected. Um, Apple then, of course, when they found out about it, responded. So uh, OS X now detects the malware and therefore it, it stops it from getting in that way. They are scanning stuff before it hits the App Store. There is now an official way to download Xcode from within China that is not going to be slow. And there is also an official FAQ for anyone who wants to have a read of more details. I think I've caught everything there. I think the best thing about this, the only good news about this is that Apple looked at the root cause of it being too slow in China and said, okay, well, let's fix that. Yes. You need to give people the motivation to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a really good point, actually. So rather than just throwing virus scanners at the problem, they went, yeah. let's remove the pain point that made this a viable vector. I, I'm assuming, Bart, that mm-hmm. 
the developers obviously didn't know that the code was being inserted into their apps. Yes. And that was then slipping through into the app store because they're not now being checked because they were known developers with these apps already in the store? Uh, No, they would have been being checked, but until, like, a virus scanner can only detect viruses that are known about. So until someone knew about it, it was passing the tests. And then once people knew about it, the test could be updated and then it would fail to pass the test, of course. And Apple could then retroactively scan everything in the App Store to work out every app that was affected and hence every developer that was affected and hence basically clean house, which is what they did. Right. And we should also say that it appears that this malware was not particularly malicious for want of a better term it wasn't going around stealing personally identifiable information and stuff which egregious it wasn't (laughs) egregious which is lucky probably more than anything else um there's no this particular you know this vector could have been more lucrative for the attackers than it was maybe maybe they were testing the waters and didn't expect to get caught so soon i don't know but it could have been an awful awful lot worse than it was it's it's very much People manipulation again, though, isn't it? Yes. It, it's actually using people's <laughs> yes. nature against themselves. I, I think the phrase I use is the squishy organic bit when I talk about this stuff on Allison's show. <laughs> yes. And the squishy organic bit is a very weak point in IT security. Um, but, but the problem is, without the squishy organic bit, then there's no point in developing apps because if those squishy <laughs> organic bits don't want it, then you've got nothing there. So. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Another point to be made, actually, is that Darn. these developers also had to have done something else a little bit silly from a squishy organic point of view, and they would have had to disable Gatekeeper to get this in. Because Gatekeeper would have flagged this as being not signed or failing Wait, its signature test. You, you and I talked about that, Bart, and I thought we came to a different conclusion that they, they still could have had it in the, the middle. Well, they could have had it in the... Well, no, they would have had to click by. They would have... Uh, uh, Unless they had it turned to zero, they would have had to click buy something at least. They would have had a pop-up that says, by the by, this is not kosher. Wait, you, so you you're saying they the could have Xcode interpreted... itself? Yes. Xcode itself they would have had to? Yeah, yeah, they would have tried to run X. So uh, there's three settings, the App Store only, known developers, and off. So if it was on off, it wouldn't have popped up anything. It would have done nothing. It would have just run. If it was on App Store only, it would have popped up a warning that they wouldn't have been able to click buy. But if it was on the middle setting, it would have popped up a warning and said, the signature doesn't match. Do you want to run it anyway? At which point they'd probably think, don't be silly. It's Xcode. Of course it's okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the thing is, a developer should know better. They're supposed well, to be nerds. yeah, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, it, it, it's interesting. Um, and what's good to see is that Apple responded, as people have said, in a, in a positive way to it. So hopefully that is... Uh, that is that one nipped in the bud. Uh, I will actually just want to call out a link in the show notes. So the first link in the show notes in this section, the show notes by the way at letstalk.ie, is a link to a Tidbits article by Rich Mogul, who's a very, a very good security guy with a Mac focus, and he he actually explains it very well. That the clever thing here was to attack the App Store in an economically viable way because most attacks against Apple stuff are not economically viable because Apple have the bar to entry too high. So they found a way that was economically viable because, of course, all modern malware is about making a profit. It's not about showing off to your mates anymore. So I would highly recommend people read that Rich Mogul article. It's, it's really very good. Cool. Okay, so they had a keynote. They had a big keynote. 
had a really Did big they? keynote. Oh, I, I didn't notice. I, was it something big? Yeah, it, well, everyone was saying, like, all the rumor mill was saying that they'd be doing this and this and this and this. And everything. Like, they couldn't do all that in one keynote. That'd be ridiculous. Tim Cook couldn't do his big introduction at the start about all the cool stuff. Tim Cook just went in and went, yeah, I'm skipping the introduction. And they then went and released a cabillion products. So many, in fact, that I suggest, while we're having this discussion, that we focus our attention on the stuff that's already out and that we don't spend too long on the stuff that's coming out <laughs> next month because we can talk about that in detail next month when we actually have it to physically play with. Does that make sense for everyone? Yeah, Only if you give fun. us time to whine that, but I want it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, the iPad Pro in particular, let, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> he starts talking about it. Well, no, right, let's just get those out of the way and then we can delve into those stuff. So November, why are you telling me about it in September when it's so cool and making me want it? And you're promising it to America for November and Ireland God knows when. Possibly yeah. because they knew Microsoft might be bringing something out soon. Yeah. Oh, Surface Four. When when did the Surface Three come out? And they wouldn't be having another keynote, so perhaps get it out there. Surface Pro Four came out this morning, Bart. This morning, okay. It hasn't made my RSS reader yet, but there we go. Okay, and I guess we. So, how does the Four stack up to the iPad Pro then? Uh, They didn't even bother to compare it to that. (laughs) No, No, because they said it's not the iPad is not in its class. They compared it to the MacBook Air. The iPad isn't a iPad Pro isn't a proper computer. The definition of proper being runs Windows. Well, uh, well, desktop it, OS. Yeah, desk, a desktop OS. That because th- this that's the big difference, isn't it? Really, yes. in some ways. I mean, you you could argue actually that by not having a desktop OS, it's actually a better product. Yes, um, that would be my argument. Yeah, yeah, that would be my or argument. Or not, <laughs> but. I'm sure there are an equal number of people out there who would be saying, don't be silly. Of course, it's better to have a desktop OS. So, We should probably save this one until both products exist. I think that yes. might be an interesting oh, discussion. Oh, so the 4 is is announced today but not released yet. Yeah, is but it's it? a lot sooner than November. I forget how soon it is. They did a bunch of other cool stuff. They have a new uh, – they actually announced their first laptop. There's all kinds of stuff we shouldn't oh. talk about. Yeah, it was actually a I hate to say it. It was actually a really good announcement today. Yeah. Did they announce was, a pencil? A uh, pen. Close enough. <laughs> that really it's got an eraser and our pencil doesn't. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it's got a rubber. But perhaps yeah, it, it does. Perhaps Surely a pencil, a pencil should have an eraser. A pen? I've never seen a pen with an eraser. Oh, I have. I have. Really? Yes, yes. I once had a pen with an eraser, which was like a, a really rough thing. So it ba- basically scratched the paper off. Yeah, okay. you the hole in your paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that's one way to deal with it. So yeah, just to quickly say, Apple announced a giganto iPad, uh, much battery life, much screen, much resolution, and a special pencil that uses special sensors inside said screen to give you tilt and pressure sensitivity and all sorts of cool stats and things. And that is due out in November in the States, and they haven't really announced all the countries it will come to exactly when. And does anyone remember the pricing? It was about $800-ish, wasn't it? Up to 1100 yeah. for the 128 gig with yeah, was, uh, cellular. Yeah, 799 was the base model, wasn't it, I think? It was, wasn't as bad as you would have thought. Let's no. put it that way. No. Yes. And that the kind pe- of pen and keyboard. Yeah, the pencil is is $99. And the, yeah, the keyboard is, I can't believe it's not a Microsoft keyboard. And that was how much? About 79 was it? No, no, it's like a, I don't remember 129 or something. I think it was, yeah, I think you're right, Alison. I think it was 129. 
I was never interested in buying it, but I've never been less interested than I am now. We're trying not to talk about it, Bart, but you keep inviting anyway. us. No, no, here. no. I say we get it out of the way, get it out of our system, and then. <laughs> right, moving on. So we have to wait till November for that. A little bit less of a wait for an October. We have to wait for the new Apple TV, and it is actually already October as we record. So maybe we'll have that in our little grubby hands soon. Is it here uh, yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? <laughs> so you're Jackie. buying one then, Alison? As many of them as I can. Yep, immediately. Okay, but well, you 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 have historically been a wee bit of an Apple TV skeptic. Uh, no, what you remember, well, okay, historically, uh, the Apple TV one was an abomination and I, I begged someone to take it off my hands and Jonathan Koss did, uh, and I shipped it to him because I hated that thing. It was terrible, but I, I really like the Apple TV two and the Apple TV three. I hate the remote always have for some reason. It has only recently become fashionable to hate the remote for the longest time. Everybody acted like it was a good remote. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, that thing's horrible. But the, the big thing on the Apple TV remote is going to be uh, the uh, Siri search is number one and having not having that annoying little click thing that you had to use to type to have the uh, the little skimmer uh, trackpad. I'm sitting here wiggling my thumb as though you guys can see it. <laughs> I could actually because I was doing the same thing as you was describing it. <laughs> um, I, I can't believe actually that people made such a big fuss about this remote. I, mean, I know it's got a lot more functionality and with the touch bit on it and but the fact is it looks very similar to the old one okay it's not silver <laughs> but it's but not it's that much bigger it's hated things it's hated it's missing that circular clicky thing that you had to use to type and move back and forward with that was really unreliable that's yeah. 100% so, gone and it's so, got Siri search so and, Bart, and it has gyroscope i never had a problem with that you see so but you know what's going to happen in the next show all of the talk on the Apple TV is going to be around the remote and how fantastic it is, what you can do with it, et cetera, et cetera. Probably, well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope in the case, actually, when we get this remote, we don't all of a sudden decide that actually the old one was much better. <laughs> well, they, they did announce, I think it was in September. It might have been early October, so this might be an illegal comment, but uh, they did <laughs> announce that the search will be... Uh, uh, it'll be on the big services first, but they absolutely will have an API so that anybody can have their their service in the search. So yes. that's a big differentiator from the Amazon search on the Fire TV, which is really, really good, but it only searches the Amazon services. It, like it won't search Netflix. So you end up paying for something on Amazon uh, Instant Video where you had a, a Netflix subscription. You could have seen it over there because you it never found you. it. Yeah. All right. didn't tell you. So uh, actually, uh, we should just that's say that good. That is good. The The model that Apple articulated, the story Apple told us, and I think I criticized Tim Cook this time last year for not telling us a story. He definitely told us a story on TV. I was happy with that. The idea that Apple are going with is that apps are king for content. So every content provider is, writes an app to the new Apple TV APIs, and then we can search your telly kind of like we now search your iPhone. It's basically, you know, it searches inside all the apps and reveals all the stuff. And I'm just absolutely delighted by that because Apple are never going to make deals with the Irish TV companies. But the Irish TV companies will happily write an app. They already have yeah. fantastic apps for the iPad. Why wouldn't they do one for the Apple TV? That's a good point. They don't have to negotiate anything. There's no terms about that. They just make an app. Yeah. An API is way easier to write than a legal contract. <laughs> so do you want to talk um, about the uh, Apple uh, teardown, which has happened this month. <laughs> Speaking Apple of terms TV and conditions, teardown? you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh. the, the developers 
could go into a lottery, wasn't it? To to get one of these things to develop for before it was actually released to us mortals. And one of the people who won the lottery was iFixit, who <laughs> didn't write an app. They just took it apart and <laughs> posted <laughs> pictures. <laughs> and they were very, like, they even said, well, look, it's in our nature. That's what we do. And we kind of thought there might be some repercussions. So what happened is Apple basically kicked them into the App Store. <laughs> Your developer oh. license revoked. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't what, see what, Apple's point. Did they have any apps, though? I think they had yes. one, and what they said was, yes. it's actually not a big deal because we're moving to a mobile-friendly site that will behave just like an app anyway, so they're just accelerating that plan. I think it's okay. I think they got away with it, kind of. But The, the, the problem is, uh, Bart, they, they may have got away with it, but they may have spoiled it for other developers. But, you know, come on, Apple. It's iFixit. What were you thinking? Well, I no, guess they, they well, would do it. It means they didn't rig the lottery because if they had no, rigged the lottery, true. they would that's not true. have given one yeah, to iFixit. Let's face it. Uh, something else we should say, actually. So, this whole model of apps being great for television studios, it's also going to be great for people who have lots of media on their own computers that is not in iTunes. So, v- yeah, exactly. So, VLC have said they are working on an app for the Apple TV. So, if that lives as, if the, if the as v- Plex, I believe, as well. I believe Plex also said they were, yes. So, brilliant. That's going to be really good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that'll I be fantastic. Like that was what I tried to do with the original Apple TV, was I hacked it to put Plex on it, and that's <laughs> yeah. when things just went horribly wrong. So, if I just have Plex, that'd be more fun. Yeah, if there's no hacking involved, this is a very good model. So, I'm really looking forward to that. And the last thing we should say on this topic before we move on to the stuff we actually got this month is that we have already mentioned Amazon in this conversation and how their search only searches their stuff. They have kind of decided, in my opinion, they've decided to, to sort of to go to the dark side. They are banning the Apple TV and the Chromecast from their store and from their marketplace because they don't think it's good and it pushes Fire TV well enough. It's like, yeah, but you could just write an app for it. Hmm. Didn't that happen in, in October? And I think it happened like in the dying days. I think it happened like last Friday. I think it just stuck <laughs> oh, okay. into this month. Stuck over the wire. Just... Yeah, I guess I'm not surprised they're doing that because that seems like, I mean, that's a kind of, um, how do I say it politely, snot hole move that Apple would certainly do. Um, what is it though? Apple haven't removed music services from iTunes. Like there are there are apps for Spotify and so on and so forth. True, and they do have Amazon products they that do. compete. They have the Kindle products. Yeah, it, in, well, in, a long time ago, though. I mean, they did. I mean, they they stopped apps coming through that that uh, spit it out. Nick, what are you trying to say? Well, there was the, the Google the kerfuffle, wasn't there? Repeated things that provided the same functionality. Yes, they did that, say yeah. that was in their original terms. I remember that, and yet they have a lot of stuff. You can download mail clients now. I think that that they part might be over. Yeah, yeah they changed yes, their mind. Yes, that's a long, quite a long time ago. But but Apple have done it in the past. <laughs> I'm not saying that's. I'm not. I'm not saying that justifies what Amazon's done. But obviously, they're thinking the same way as Apple did then. Ish. Because in that case, it was Apple saying, "Look, go, Gmail works just fine. You're using our app. Stop confusing people." So there was no. Competitive, you know, the Google weren't yes, making no money off it. Yeah. It's, it's somewhat, it's different, but I can see, yeah, it, it, it was still a silly idea, which they thankfully recount, recounted on. So, anyway, 
that is TV coming up. So keep an eye out for that in October. Happy tweets from Alison when she gets hers. Hopefully Ireland gets it soon. Uh, my little Apple TV is just too short looking. I need a taller one. <laughs> <laughs> you could buy, t- buy two and stack it, them. It'll be just like they, uh, they did with the um, Airport Extreme, right? They had short up. ones and they suddenly got, st- they got taller. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of stuff we got our hands on this month, uh, obviously the giganto obvious one to talk about is the iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S Plus. They are available in the United States as of last week-ish. They're not available in Ireland yet. Boo. Uh, and I believe the UK got to play two, so I guess the first question is who on the panel managed to get one, if any? Hand up, sir. Okay, which did you go for? Uh, success. Success. Alison, did you partake this time around? Uh, Steve and I alternate, so there's always a new phone in the house every year. Ah. Um, so he got the 6S, which for him is a giant leap for mankind because he went from the 5S to the 6S. And, and in his opinion, the single biggest thing about it is, ooh, another row of icons. <laughs> okay. If, if you think about it, from an interface perspective, that is the most dramatic yeah. thing, though, right? Well, surely the 3D touch is more dramatic than the extra row of icons. No, no because you not... see the icons every single time, yes. no matter what you're yes. doing, you see those. Oh, okay. And more lines in the email, and yeah, I guess. Okay, so, well, Gaz or, Al- or Steve via Allison, who wants to go first and explain the brilliance of the phone? You should go first, Gaz. Well, it, when I, yeah, brilliance. Um, it, it, for me, it wasn't a massive step up because I went from the six. We, we've got a, a situation in our household where at this point in time, I get a new phone uh, every year for the, well, probably for the next couple of years, and then it'll die off because it goes down the chain. So my daughter's now, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Alison, it's, it's going to be ending for us soon. So then I'm going to be missing it. Um, uh, so basically the, the rest of the family gets the, uh, um, the benefit of my wanting a new Apple product. So going from the 6 to the 6S wasn't a massive leap. Um, the Touch ID is so tremendously fast, I'm having to either change the digit that I use to actually sign on because occasionally you use it to get the... Um, the pop-up, which is mm-hmm. obviously the uh, the menu, which you can just uh, pull up very quickly, or uh, push the power button on the side, which is is actually less convenient. But you know, I'll get over that. Um, the Touch ID or the 3D Touch, rather. Yeah, I'm a bit nonplussed by that, to be honest with you. At the moment, oh. I'm not. Re- I'm not really finding the apps where it's being that useful. It's a great show-off when I show people, especially in mail and some of the other apps. But, you know, I, I found myself pressing every single app and trying it and getting bored because they, okay. didn't, have any, because they didn't have anything to do with it. Um, some of the actions, like where you scroll in from the side, that's all well and good if you don't have a case on. If you've got a case on with a lip, it makes that side scroll to swap apps very difficult. So there are some things which are really, really good. Um, the sound, I think, coming out of it is much better, which Alison won't care about if she's listening to music, but I don't do an awful lot of listening to music out of it anyway. But the sound is definitely better. The camera, well, <laughs> wowzer. Um, I'm sure Steve loves the 4K video, Alison. And, I don't uh, think he's done any 4K video yet. If you don't have a 5K 4K. iMac, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's, can you I do have, anything with it? I, I've done a side-by-side on the phone. And you think, yeah, that looks great. I think. 
<laughs> well, I get, the only time it would matter, right, is if you were cropping. So imagine you set it up to do a time lapse and you don't have expensive kit to make the camera move. You would do it at 4K and then crop, do a Ken Burns on the time lapse and crop right into it and still have a 1080p film at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is pretty. It, I, I've actually moved to a, a, a. I do 1080 at 60 frames because there is a, a noticeable difference between that and 30 frames. And I, I like the 240 at 720p anyway. I kind of set those as my slow mo and I kind of set those as defaults. But the, the camera, I've, I have seen a noticeable difference on the camera. I do like the camera much better. Um, the live pictures. Mm, yeah, yeah, so so again I, I'm, I'm not too sure about that i've got to get used to that because when you take a picture basically if anybody doesn't know a live picture is where you can then press on the picture and it show it turns into a video really it's lots of frames being taken before and after for a second you, and a half for a yeah, second and a half either side and so i've seen so many shots of people um Either afterwards or before, either looking at the ground or 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 going up to the sky, and you know you have to get used to if you're going to take a live picture, um, and obviously it takes up space on your camera as well. But I'm, way, I'm I've, not... I've heard there's an update to the uh, to the software that Apple is instituting that if it senses with the gyro that you've suddenly swung it down, it stops doing it. Right, because <laughs> <Okay, they need laughs> that's so prevalent. Yeah, it needs that. Um, it is quicker. It is definitely quicker. It feels it feels sharper than my six, and I didn't think the six was bad at all. To be perfectly mm-hmm. honest with you, so uh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it. The Touch ID though is incredibly quick. It's just supremely quick. How they've got it that quick, I just don't know. It almost doesn't feel like there is actually any identification going on. Well, Gaz, you know, assuming as soon as they come to Ireland, I'm going to be going from an iPhone. Five, not a five S. Five. <laughs> you will see some differences. I have never had Touch ID, so I'm going to oh. go straight to this like uber fast Touch ID. I'm do you so do you have an iPad? Uh, it's the one just before Touch ID. It's the last okay. iPad before Touch you, ID. You will hate your iPad once you've got Touch ID on your phone. Ah, yes, you see, but in November, your life is about to be transformed. <laughs> I actually intentionally didn't want to buy an iPad till so I I was I almost bought an iPad six months ago, and I said to myself, no, no, Apple are going to do something cool, so wait. And I'm glad I did. So I'm going to go within a few months of having never had Touch ID to having Touch ID on everything. One other thing I must just mention, the the front-facing camera. Um, As Alison and Steve often take lots of selfies, which I much appreciate, Alison. um, (laughs) (laughs) It takes a lot of those on the GoPro, though. Different (laughs) kind of selfies. I do actually like that ultra-wide angle you get from the GoPro selfies. (laughs) And it's beautiful imagery. Can I get back to the phone? (laughs) Yeah, sorry, yes. (laughs) Um, I I do actually like the the better... um, uh, front-facing camera because actually it's important to take selfies. A lot of people ridicule them, but I tell you what, your kids are going to love them uh, later on in in their lives. I can say that from uh, a certain thing that's happened to us recently. So yeah, yeah, selfies are not bad. Please carry on taking them, folks. <laughs> that's actually a really good piece of advice. As strange as that sounds for me to say. Uh, okay, so Alison. How is Steve's experience compared to Gaz's? You know, I don't know that he's been doing nearly as much with it different as you would think. 
um, the the speed, the the camera seems good. We probably should have spent some time doing some side by side comparisons of low light photography. That was one thing I was looking forward to. But to be honest, we haven't done that yet. Have you done that, Gaz? Have you looked at the low light performance because it's supposed not, to be way more better? Not not tremendously yet, but I have heard that it's it's a lot better. So, and I've seen one or two images which are better. But I've again, I've not been in a situation where I've been able to do any testing. Although I do still currently have the the old phone. Uh, with me, so I can actually do some side by side comparisons if I if I really pull my finger out. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's packed away and and it's it's been set up ready for my daughter to be able to take it away. So I'd have to kind of reset it up again. So that's what uh, I, mean. <laughs> I see the problem. Um, so he hasn't done much with video. He's done a couple of live photos, but one of the one of the big problems with the live photos is that nobody can see them. I just assumed, and now listening back to what I said on the SMR podcast when I talked about this was, well, that would be crazy if they gave you something you could only see on an iPhone. You can only see them on an iPhone. You can't see them on anything else. And uh, they uh, Mm, not that Steve and I have been able to figure out this morning. Well, according to the internet, I don't have any such pictures to test with, but according to the internet, double-clicking on them in preview or the Photos app will make them do their magic. Not according to what we did this morning. Uh, maybe we were we were pushing wrong, but Steve and I were both on El Capitan, and uh, originally Switchmark sent it through Telegram, so we thought that was the problem. So then we tried it in um, in messages, and we couldn't see anything going on. So then he said, "Well, maybe I think you have to drag it into Photos, open it in Photos to do it," and that didn't do it either. So we could have missed how you're supposed to do it. Well, that in itself is not good. Like, that no. we didn't discover it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if we were just idiots, we should have, between the two of us, been able to figure that out. Okay, I'm just reading a Reddit thread here. It says, blah, 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 live photos can't figure out, am I missing something, question mark, followed by, I figured it out. You have to connect uh-huh. your phone to your Mac via USB and transfer them that way. Uh- <laughs> if you just oh, do it wirelessly via, via photo stream, it no wiki. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's really cool looking at it yourself. <laughs> there is work to be done, I think, is what we can get and they, from And uh, the this. one thing we do know is they will fix that and they will get it sorted. But I'm finding a lot of this with Apple. That, you know, it's like photos now. Great, it's got extensions. About time. You can multi-name different pictures. Great, but, you know, really? Are we having to wait for all of the great things to to? You know, for that, the second. That, that doesn't bother me as much in photos because it's an application, but you buy a brand new device that's got this new yeah. feature. You're going to try it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. can see your photos. You're going to forget about it. You're not yeah. going to do it. Mm. That's but true. I, where I think it'll break loose maybe is when they, uh, Facebook is going to uh, add it to the Facebook app. And so since that's where the world is, is on Facebook, annoying each other with selfies, I think that that'll, uh, that'll really help. Yes. Because yeah, you no, start no, to see them. Wasn't it this month that a survey came out where they asked people, do you use the internet? And like 50 of them, 50% said no. And then 64% said they used Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't in the Internet Explorer icon. It didn't seem to count as the internet. Anyway. <laughs> um, Just some other stuff that came up. Just looking at, at stuff I picked up for the show notes. 3D Touch will work through screen protectors for those of you into that kind of thing. I've I've always been a naked iPhone person. The iPhone naked. Oh, you're going to be dropping that phone. Don't go naked. Seriously. 
Really? Don't do it. In the it's, first oh, yes, three yes. days oh, yes. that, that Lindsay, Kyle, and I had the iPhone 6, all three of us dropped it on concrete. Two yeah. of us got lucky. So is it because of the round, because it's losing the square lines I'm so used to? Is that it's what's going to so get me? It's so smooth. Um, it's just like, it's like butter. Yeah. Just fall is. right oh. out of your hands. Mine just flipped out of a pocket. I mean, it's unbelievably slippery. Get oh. a case. I'm serious. You can't not. Oh, I hate it's, cases. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. No, I'll, I'll, good luck. I also have I guess I also have insurance, but that's not a good idea. Yeah, you don't want to exercise it on the first week. I mean, it just doesn't Have you dropped any yet, uh, guy? Gaz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same thing. That, well, no, it's not the same thing because if guy dropped his, he's more likely to break it because he's got a lot further to go. Um, <laughs> you said it's quite hit terminal velocity. Or something. Uh, yes, I have. And um, I, I put a case on almost immediately afterwards, which I'd bought at the same time anyway. Um, and But luckily I dropped it on carpet, so it wasn't too bad. But yeah, it is slippy, um, but you will need a case, definitely. definitely. Okay, noted. Thank you. But Alison, do you think I, I used to have a, a one of these um, uh, these protective screens on one of my old iPods, and I actually put that protection all around it, so it was actually on front and back. Now that was quite grippy, so maybe you could look at that. But yeah, they have glass screen protectors now too. I don't know if that would, but you'd need to have something on the back too to make yes, it yes have some sort of friction, something. I mean, Sandpaper. It's just, anyway, Nick, it's, Nick, you were trying to jump in there? Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask. Um, I've heard quite a few people talk about the iPhone and particularly about 3D touch and sort of saying, yeah, it's interesting, but they're not using it very much. I, I just wondered whether any any of you had got any opinions as to whether when the third parties start to use 3D touch more. My, my impression at the moment is that it's just a shortcut. So you just got shortcuts to things. So people aren't using them because they know they've got like muscle memory for the old way of doing things. But do you think when people start using it in a new way, that then it'll come into its own? It'll actually make I, it I, really useful. I, I think actually when it comes into its own in a new way, people will then start to use it as muscle memory for the old way as well. Because you're right, it, it, yeah. it is kind of a shortcut. And But I'm starting to use the apps. The problem is that you, you don't know which app's got it and which hasn't and how yeah. to utilize that. And that's 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 the memory stuff which, which will kick in. And it, it'll get there. It is quite useful. It is, you know, to, to have your finger on the screen and then decrease, you know, to pressurize slightly. And then again, you know, it'll come. Uh, it will be really useful. And yes, if some app developers utilize that functionality, it will be tremendous. Thank you, Kess. Alison, do you, do you want to chime in on this? Uh, not really. Okay. I'm good. Uh, my thinking of it having not had one and never used it so take that with a pinch of salt um, it, it strikes me that it's like right click or control click if you're old fashioned and it, it may be something that's more for power users than for average users perhaps mm. no no, no I don't okay. think so no I don't think so I think it's actually it, it, it's extremely useful to you know for the for an email for instance instance getting that quick look and then diving into the email it's just it's just our average Joe blogs will love that absolutely love that I've shown it to a few people and have gone 
they've gone great. But a lot of people, that, that's the only thing with Apple stuff. Sometimes you show somebody something and they always go, oh, great. Because visually what Apple do is very clever. Um, and it's, it's everyday usage. And certainly in the apps where I recognize I know I can use it, I use it and it, it is really useful. And it's not just right click, I don't think. I don't feel okay. it's like that. Okay. I did notice the, uh, the whole peak and pop thing is, is annoying as heck. And uh, uh, Tim Cook was actually on, is it The Tonight Show that uh, Stephen Colbert took over? And, uh, and he had, uh, it had Tim Cook on there and Tim Cook got peak and pop mixed up. So I don't think that's a natural set of phrases. No, no. Well, I guess the the action is natural to, you know, push, push harder, but the naming. Yeah, Yeah, the naming is just silly. Uh, There was actually one really funny moment when uh, Stephen Colbert asked whether it was a new connector. And he said on on the iPhone 6S, he says, because if it is, I'm going to drive a fondue fork through your neck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. To which Tim, of course, pointed out it's been a – it was a decade. Yeah, it was more than a decade. Come on. Give me a break. But it was still a funny line. It's a good line. Yeah, obviously they changed the name of that show because I always know it as The Letterman Show. But they can't possibly be calling it that anymore. No, it's like The Tonight Show with David Letterman. It's The Tonight Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, cool. I always thought it was the Dave Letterman show. Goes to show what those foreigners know. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, something else. The internet was awash, if you'll excuse the pun, with people saying that the iPhone 6 was waterproof, that you could shove it on the water and it'll all be grand. It's like more resistant than it used to be, but no, do not go take a shower with it. Do not go swimming with it. That is just how to break an iPhone. Yeah, I think I I do believe somebody did a breakdown. They've got some new uh, gaskets in there and also uh, the orifices which are there, which obviously are the what? speakers, the, <laughs> the headphone speaker socket and the <laughs> lightning um, uh, connector. Orify <laughs> connector um, apparently are... They seem to have designed them so that the water ingression won't uh, won't occur quite so readily. But it's definitely not waterproof. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go swimming with it. Certainly. So, th- for anyone who didn't, you know, who needs to be told that, there you go. Uh, by the way, by the way, the new um, what is it? The Lumia. I want to say it's a seven fifty. The new Microsoft phone is uh, liquid cooled. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I don't even know what that's going to mean. Well, I'm just trying phone. to work out what does that mean. Does I mean, I understand phone. what it means, but what does that mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> Hope it doesn't spill. Yeah, that... you get a wet ear every time you phone someone. <laughs> That's. I, mean, I, I think we are getting to the point where some of these devices will be waterproof, though, because isn't there a company that does some sort of spray that you can spray the inside of the phone, which makes them water resistant? Whether that has a, a detrimental effect on some functionality of the phone, I don't know. But I, you know. I have a vague memory of Leo Laporte doing that, dropping his phone in the water and it dying. But I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're way off yet then. All right, fine. Has uh, anyone um, has anyone seen anyone trying to bend this new phone? Yes! Yes. There's yes. a guy who does, like, ultimate fighting, that stuff in America where they don't have any rules and they beat the snot out of each other. And right. he bent, no, it was UFC or whatever that's called. He took an iPhone 6 and he bent it with not very much energy for a chap of his uh, physical strength. And he did succeed in bending the 6S, but it was, uh, sorry, 6S Plus. But, like, there were veins popping out of his head. Like, he, who yeah. was way stronger than me, had real trouble doing it. I've is... actually seen one. I've actually seen one where it's two two lads trying to bend it, both of them. 
uh, and they did manage eventually, but only when they were both sort of almost collapsing with the, the effort. You just, yeah, it, it's, yeah, we should now move that from Ben Gate to Ben Fail. <laughs> yes, 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 we should. Uh, also, Apple sold 13 million of them in three days. So all of those people saying, oh, the iPhone is doomed. There's no interest in the future model. We're wrong. You, well, we've got to be a bit careful there because obviously China was included in the first um, weekend sales. So there, there would have been an uptake from China. So I, I'm, I'm not claiming doom and gloom, uh, but you know, just be a little bit cautious on that one. I, I think the one thing you can say, taking that into account and the non-doom viewpoint into account, is that they were able to make that many. Yes. That's yeah. what's impressive because they're yeah, normally not limited by how many people want it. They're limited by how many they can make. Yeah, weren't there some stories um, around the uh, ecosphere before um, from companies saying, God, dear, we're trying to keep up with the demand from this company? For well, screen other- makers or something, wasn't it? They were saying, like, yeah, I can't, can't remember who it up. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The old supply chain was definitely hinting that there was a lot being made and there were at least 13 million of them made. Yeah, that's pretty cool. impressive. And and they did have them in stock, too. You know, yes. you could walk into a yes. store that day and get them. Yeah, not in Ireland. There's <laughs> <laughs> actually like a little bit. Well, you couldn't I actually walk into a store, could you, Bart? I mean, that's the well, there's no store the to problem. walk into for a start. But, our, our, but, our... but you know what you have to do, don't you? Yeah, somehow I don't think I want a cellular contract with a UK company. No, Thanks, no, 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 no. All I was going to say is you just got to think different. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Well, you don't get them. Just think different. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll think different. Anyway, uh, I think that was everything I had for the iPhone 6 in the show notes. Uh, anyone feel that I've missed something terribly important we must share with listeners? Um, n- no. No. Grant? That's all I can think of. We should very briefly mention, because Apple very briefly mentioned, there's a new iPad mini too, but it got about, what, minus four seconds of screen time? Uh, it's basically the iPad 4 made littler and at the same price as it used to be. And also iCloud has had a price cut or a storage increase depending on how you want to measure that. And so That's that also snuck more, in. A much more reasonable cost for um, what they're actually offering now. Yes. So That's great news though. I mean... Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's especially with photos, you know, as these, as iCloud becomes more mature and less breaky we need more space <laughs> less breaky well I'm almost afraid to say it out loud I just love the way you talk we've got makey uppy stats and we've got less breaky stuff <laughs> yeah English is designed to be played with I'm just touching on like a wooden desk here very hard but I'm using iCloud Drive very heavily it just kind of works it, it's, I forget that it's <clears throat> but, doing its magic which is just how iCloud should be yeah, uh, but there's been other companies. Let's not be too uh, Kool-Aid here. There have been other companies that have been doing that for a, uh, for a while, haven't they? Yes, Dropbox has also always worked, and it yeah. never went through a breaky phase. It just kind of but always worked. Less breaky is good. Yeah, absolutely it is good. Absolutely. Not not complaining, but let's let's not be all goo on the fact that, that they've finally got there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, anyway, I'm still happy they're here. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the oh, rest I'm, then. I've bought into it. I've bought into it. So, so the other thing then that happened this month is that 
all of Apple's new OSs came out. And because they're now so interconnected with each other, I guess it's almost one mega story. So we got iOS 9, then we had watchOS go for a week's holiday and then join us. And then we had El Capitan. So basically the last two weeks of the month were just new OSs, new OSs, new OSs. So I guess we'll start with iOS 9 because I think that one came out first. I upgraded on the first day. The only thing I've noticed is my phone now goes into battery saving mode instead of just dying. That's kind please, of it. Please, can I go next? Yeah, I was just going to say, I've got a feeling Alison might have something to say against this one. <laughs> I just did a blog post today about the giant bag of hurt this has been for me. Oh, this oh. has been horrible. Horrible. I had uh, uh, my iPhone going into spontaneous reboots. By the way, this is 9.0.2 where this is happening. So I don't think it happened in 9.0.1. But spontaneous full reboots. um, I pulled it off a charger after 10 hours of charge. It was only at 67%. Within seven minutes, I was at 4%. So I did a full restore of my phone, which caused a full restore of my watch, which I hadn't expected. When my watch came back, it um, it was in German. So that was nice. And I had to guess what the question was that came up on screen because I couldn't change it to English until after I answered that question. And uh, my iPad, uh, I charged it overnight, used it for about an hour and a half, and about six hours later opened it up 100% dead more than once. So, uh, yeah, you know, Microsoft just came out with this new laptop. They got a new uh, tablet. They got a new phone and a new Microsoft band. It's looking pretty good today. Let me just say that. Okay. So, oh dear, poor Alison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, German came back in German. It's awesome. When, why did the fault? Why did the watch have to, to do that? Well, the watch kind of has very little brain of its own accord. The watch is like a detachable bit of the phone. Yeah. But you still like so? Winnie the Pooh. I'm still not saying? quite sure why German. That that that. But I why did it have to restore? Well, because you restored your iPhone. Hmm. So I think I can see means... pairing. Repairing it makes sense. I think the pairing is a little bit deeper though, because the watch is all encrypted up the wazoo. So I think without the phone there, to I think they do have to be very. They are very closely tied together. Well, what I think what Alison is saying, but the is German that... is wrong. I think what Alison is saying is that she's not had a lot of joy with iOS 9, especially 9.02. Um, yeah. I, I've got to say I've experienced one or two smaller issues, but nothing that dramatic. And while I had 9 on the 6, it did seem to improve the battery usage. So, um, But Alison's, obviously, issues are real because she's feeling that pain. Um, but generally, I, I've not seen the same pain. Touch wood. And um, thanks, Alison, for taking the pain for us. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking 9.0.2. But Bart, you said you were having battery problems too. <clears throat> uh, well, not, not compared to you, no. No, not at all. No, my <laughs> iPhone, I think my hardware... Enough that you mentioned it, though. Well, no, my hardware has been suffering the last... like About a month ago, my phone seems to have decided it's had enough of being a phone. And I'm just really hoping we get the iPhone 6S here soon. Uh, but what was happening is my phone would go from 30% to zero on iOS 8 in like no time at all because obviously the battery is just not behaving well anymore. Yeah. And yeah. so what's happening now with iOS 9 is that instead of falling over, the low battery saving thing is catching it and switching it into the low power mode. So my very sick battery is limping along better on iOS 9. Hmm. But my phone is... 
it's an iPhone 5, right? It's, it's had its It's day. a hardware problem rather than a software problem. Basically, my phone is dying, and iOS 9 is helping it limp along for the next few weeks, and I hope to goodness it lasts, because I really don't want to buy a 6 when the 6S is, like, weeks away. That, that just would not be good. Um, generally, generally, I'm hearing good things about iOS 9. There are, there are little of pools of badness out there by the sound of it. Yeah. In my show notes, I have the whole content blocker thing listed. We're now an hour into this show. I suggest we pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I wanted to make a comment about it. Well, you can make a short comment about it. I, I just wanted to say um, that I've listened to several podcasts and on nearly them all, I've heard people say, um, it doesn't really matter, though, because Apple have got a very small market share. Ooh. And it's drive, driven me mad because I, well, I've been shouting at my iPhone or my car or however I'm device. playing at the time, um, saying, no, you've not been listening to Bart's show <laughs> because it owns a lot of the actual browsing market. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just wanted to say... Uh, nay, 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 really, to everyone. <laughs> and so you're getting that wrong. <laughs> that, that's not a very good idea for people whose livelihood relies on this to be so out of touch. But anyway, yeah. my iPhone 6 doesn't do content blocking, so I have not played with it at all. Therefore, no, I didn't get stung like Alison. It, Actually, it, poor Alison, you got stung on that one too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I don't like any of the content blockers. I tested them on, on maybe I just grabbed the wrong ones, but every experience I've had has been bad. Uh, one of them I downloaded, um, I think it was content, or it was just called Adblock. It would, it would show me, a, a, an ad would come through. And I'd click, it said, oh, do you see an ad you don't want to see? I'd say, yes. It said, well, show it to me. So I'd click on it and it would say, okay, I got it. Now refresh the screen and I won't show that to you. And it did? No, but that's a whole lot of work. It's a whole lot easier to just click the pop-up away than it is to teach it. What is okay, yeah. and, and that ad block, uh, the regular ad block, now sells the ability to have your ads shown through even if people have ad block on. So yeah, I don't like that. That strikes me as just a kind of – that strikes me as a really icky, 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 well, yes. extortion racket. Agreed, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, in the show I'm notes. actually I'm actually trying to an ad blocker called Crystal, um, which seems does seem to have improved my browsing experience um, a little bit at the moment. But um, I picked not really... the other one and I uninstalled it. It was just all kinds of times I would go to websites and nothing at all would be on screen. It would just be blank. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Oh, well, at least you didn't see the ads. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. That's true. Turn I off Wi-Fi. I... The ultimate ad blocker. Hundred percent success. Yeah, I did do one thing on my uh, <laughs> sorry Allison. on my site. I went through and and uh, I I only do an Amazon affiliate link, and that little bit of code gets blocked. So people are always asking me, "You always talk about your Amazon affiliate. Where is it? I can't find it on your website." So I took a screenshot and made it an image, and when you click it, it's a link to my Amazon affiliate link. Uh-huh. So now I don't get blocked by ads, and I'm just going to crawl back in a hole and nurse my batteries. <laughs> Wait, that sounded wrong. <laughs> nurse my my wounds okay. there we go um something else we should mention app thinning is initially apple had held it back but it's now fully out which means that those with 16 gig devices which is still the the bottom of the range model even on the new iphone 6s 
hopefully they will have a slight people with those devices will have a slightly better experience i still think it's a complete and utter mistake to have that as the as the entry model it's just not a good experience uh, and finally, actually, something we've talked about security, but something that hasn't got a lot of press but should have about iOS 9. We've talked many times on this show, and I know I've talked about it a lot on Allison's show, where people have been abusing enterprise provisioning profiles to trick people into installing malware onto their unjailbroken iPhones. And the way it would have worked in iOS 8 and previous is that you would... You would be told by an email that convinced you or a link that convinced you. You would in some way be wet, squishy bit, organic bit, and tricked into downloading an app. When you run it, the iPhone would pop up a message saying, this is from an untrusted developer. Do you want to continue, basically? And an awful lot of human beings went, sure, whatever, of course. And that way, malware was getting into iPhones, even though in theory that shouldn't be happening. So iOS 9 changes how that works. There is no continue button now. When you try to run an app that your phone does not trust, your phone will simply say, sorry, can't run this app. You don't have that provisioning profile installed. And if you want, if you're, if you're with a company that legitimately has apps to put on your phone, they have to give you the provisioning profile first and then you can run the app. Which means that this, as a technique for spreading malware, this has, the drawer has been closed here. So that, I think, is well worth mentioning. Yeah, sounds good. So, watch OS 2. Anyone notice it, really? <laughs> German! As, so, I, as, I German. as I don't, as I don't <laughs> have a watch which can utilise it, no. Nothing from me. Um, Alison likes German. But, yeah. Have you got your watch I, back, Alison, or is it still Eustoich? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was able to, to, once it was done doing whatever it is, I said, ja, is it ja or ja? J-A? Ja, yeah. I would what? pronounce it, but I'm not German. Uh, we'll go with ja. Uh, once I said ja to it, I was able to then go into my uh, watch app on the phone and change it to English. Um, the, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I do like. I have wanted to be able to get to glances more easily when I'm in the middle of a workout. Yeah. So before you had to hit the digital crown, it would take you off center to the main screen, uh, to the app switch or the app chooser kind of screen. And then you'd have to hit it again to bring the, the uh, clock to the center and then hit it a third time in order to bring up the uh, main watch face, at which point you could then swipe up to get to your glances and then swipe right, left, right, left. Sounds really easy. Um, <laughs> the, I tried to go really fast once and just hit it three times, and guess what that does? <gasps> no. Turns on voiceover. Oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm walking and not realizing what's going on. My screen has just gone black, and my watch won't come back. But I had headphones in, so I didn't notice that my, phone, my watch was actually talking to me at that point. I eventually took my headphones out and realized what had happened, and luckily I know how to get things out of uh, uh, voiceover mode. Uh, so anyway, so you have to do it very slowly. The, the one little tiny enhancement they've done is you hit it once, gets you off center. If you hit it again, it centers and then instantly goes into the watch face. That actually so it's all, is better, right? It's still Oh, it's way better. It's only seven operations to see, say, my battery life instead of eight. What, what really annoys me is, so when I'm out cycling, the things I want to do are see how I'm doing on my workout and change the volume on my, on my iPhone, which I'm listening to podcasts on, on my bone conduction, perfectly safe headphones. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have to do that whole magic shuffle all the bloody time. I should just be able to swipe up within the bloody workouts app and get my, like, what's the point of a glance if you can't glance at it? Yeah, glances ought to be available in workout. 
that might that's the the short version yes but yeah so with that little thing where it's one less click is at least pleasant uh that is the only thing i have noticed in switching from watch os to watch os 2 everything else is just as it was for me yeah i'm not seeing anything either I really, I mean, I know that there are some things under the hood, like like these fancy new complications. But all the complications I heard about that people were excited about. Well, you use dark skies, don't you? I do actually. That's one of them I'm thinking of installing. Yeah, but I already. But apparently, when you install those, it still just tells you like the weather, like it's seventy six degrees. That will now say seventy six degrees if I buy dark sky and put that on there. Well, that's no good. I wanted to say you're about to get wet. <laughs> yeah uh i don't know that they really help all that much and they all seem to be related to weather and half the time my watch is telling me oh i can't get weather in your city it'll and i can flip through the other cities they're there but not mine yeah no it's you know i like my watch but i'm using it exactly as i did before watch us too <laughs> okay then the last one is el cap um os 10 10.11 el capitan uh I upgraded one of my three Macs. Seems perfectly nice. The font takes a little bit of getting used to, but other than that, it seems to be working pretty well. How is everyone I else didn't been? even notice the font. I even asked Steve three days later. I said, what do you think of the font? And we both went, huh? looks exactly the same to me. It's notable in the terminal, actually. Uh-huh. Also, the terminal <laughs> has developed a cute thing. You know the way in, on a Linuxy system, when you type in a password, like nothing happens? The cursor doesn't blink. Nothing happens. It's just, well, this is a secret, so I will show you nothing. On OS X L Cap, it puts a little icon of a padlock to show you that it's taking a password. Hmm. So it's no longer this weird silent thing, which is yeah. very subtle, very small, but it made me happy. I have to say, I've, I've not noticed the font. Um, I've had an app which now doesn't work, which did work, uh, but now all of a sudden doesn't work. Guy had a fantastic um, Sunday trying to get things up and running because he had all sorts of uh, weird things going on before we were recording uh, the latest MyMac. So, and he'd moved to El Capitan. I'd moved to El Capitan, not noticed any major issues. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure what's better yet. So I'm not sure that's good or bad. Well, remember, this is an incremental update, which is, I think, how we want our updates to be. So the days of dramatic, ta-da, those seem to be gone, which is fine. The biggest update actually is something you hope you don't care about, which is security. Yes. So system integrity protection. Oh dear. That yeah, or rootless is. The uh, yeah, I've turned it off. No, 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 I know, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. That I will be turning. Let's let him explain what on. it is first, and then let it, and yes. then okay. you can yes. say your thing, and then he can tell you you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go, Bart. <laughs> okay, so. Up until now, up until 10.11, uh, OS X has behaved in a very typical Unixy way. There is an account called Root, and Root has the ultimate power. Root is God. Root can edit any file, no matter who it belongs to. Root can uh, uh, interact with any process, no matter who it belongs to. Root is God. With system integrity protection, Root is second-class God. And the OS is God-God. The operating system will not allow the root account to alter the operating system. This means a whole bunch of malware becomes impossible, and it means it is no longer possible for your file permissions to get broken, so the button to repair permissions is gone, forever banished. The OS protects its own permissions. 
So there are certain folders within the system that are now off limits even to root. They belong to the OS. And there are certain processes that belong to the OS and they cannot be tampered with. This is just, this is very clever, basically, to say that there is the OS is absolute god, and root is like second class god, and it's actually really good, and it protects protects from a lot of mucking around that's really not good for users. So this this is Apple, yet again, being very forward thinking. Like sandboxing was forward thinking, Apple were ahead of the curve on that. This is again forward thinking. So I'm delighted about this, and it should affect normal users, not at all. You should never notice this. Now, Bart is not wrong, Alison. But. And, and no, it's, there's no but. You're not wrong at all. I will be turning it back on. But I use, so, so up until, let me just clarify this. Mm-hmm. Up until now, I've not had that functionality. Yes, this just doesn't exist. Correct. Okay, yeah. it doesn't exist at the moment. And I've not suffered from anything at this point. Because That's I'm, the, I ran across the street and didn't no, get no, hit no, by no, a car hang on a minute, Alison. Hang on a minute, Alison. I currently use default folder every minute I'm on my Mac. And within the first three minutes of use going to El Capitan, I found I couldn't use it because the current software needs updating, which it is going to be done. So I turned it off. Now, I have not advised anybody do that unless you absolutely know what you're doing and you are prepared to take the risk of what Bart has just outlined. Totally. But I've turned it off because it's killed one of my apps, which I use on a daily basis. And I didn't realize it's my fault. I'm the idiot. I turned it. I, I didn't realize it wasn't a uh, default folder wasn't working before I moved over. But I'm taking that risk. But if if your if your apps all work, if you don't use default folder, then great. Go ahead. The app is being updated and it will be updated so it doesn't utilize that so I can turn it back on and that's exactly what I'm going to do as soon as it's been it's out. Excellent. But 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 <laughs> that's why I've turned it off, Alison. Well, not, that's perfectly not, reasonable. Not not because Bar is wrong or because it's not good. <laughs> it's because right. it's, it's killed an app which I didn't realise it was killing. And um that's the that's the side which Adam Christensen always says on his podcast, make sure that the upgrade is compatible with all of the apps that you use on a daily basis. I didn't realize that it wasn't. So there's a story and a slap on the wrist for me. That's but, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, and, there is a, uh, I, I put a link in uh, my Google plus community and I'll find it for Bart again mm-hmm. here, a site that where somebody has basically created a, a list that you can edit in the forum to say whether you've tested an app, whether it worked or not. In default folder, it's all over that that doesn't work. That was, that would, yeah, you do need a slap on the wrist because even I knew that one didn't work. It's roaring um, apps, isn't it? Why didn't you tell me? No, you no, know no. I roaring, use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted to see you in pain. Uh, I don't know that Roaring Apps has done it this time. This is a different one. This is okay. a like a Mac Dash forums, I think it's, it is. Um, but it's kind of nice. Instead of having people right oh this one worked that one didn't work uh they just made a a uh, post that everybody can edit um the the one that's keeping me from moving over and i actually was smart enough to kind of check my apps first was uh ScreenFlow for i can't make the videos for don uh, it, it's not that it doesn't work it's that telestream hasn't said that it does you're not going to take the risk on something that's yeah. actually yeah. important. Actually, I'm I, I'm 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 partially lying to everybody. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I didn't. I did know that default folder wasn't working. I didn't realize, and I thought I could not use it, and I didn't realize how much I use that particular app. 
So you were addicted and you didn't know. Correct. Oh, yes, I, I've got, funny. I've got, I've got an addiction, and I just didn't realise how much I used that application. And it was literally within the first three to five minutes, I realised I'd made the mistake. So, something else, actually, just want to mention. So, rootless is the nickname for this system integrity protection, but it doesn't mean that there's no root. It doesn't mean that sudo is gone. It just means that sudo has lost the ability to tinker with certain things you really should never have been tinkering with anyway. So, even if you're a mad terminal geek like me, this doesn't stop you being a mad terminal geek. It just stops you breaking your OS. Yeah, and that's good. So, I am running with it on, even though I have, on average, at any given moment, about ten terminals open. I am running with it on. I did find um, in uh, iStamp menus, they said mm-hmm. specifically that you can no longer, uh, some of the um, icons, you can't slide them around anymore like you used to be able to because of the separation of church and state that they've done. I would imagine that, that APIs, as there are shortcomings, APIs will be opened up as usually how this works out. Like we've seen this with sandboxing as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you have a legitimate reason for tinkering at that thing we've turned off. Okay, here's an API. So I think we'll see that settle itself out. So far, I use iStat menus, and I hadn't even noticed that it's doing something different. So I guess it still does its measuring thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, it, it was just the sliding back and forth that was a problem. Uh, let's talk about one fantastic thing. We hmm. now have extensions in Photos. Yes. Because of El Capitan. And it is wonderful. I'm testing the MacFun applications right now. And it is so cool. I tried to get a hold of you, Bart, to show it to you before this. You, you, you did. And me. This is to prove how sick I was yesterday. I read your message and I was like, I should be so excited about this. And I just sat down <laughs> on the couch and did nothing. And you should be, Bart, because it is. I, I've tested Intensify on it and it is just wonderful. Wow. So okay. you get uh, what what you get with the MacFun apps. It's, it's not all working perfectly, and I've got some notes into them asking about exactly what's going wrong with it. But um, you get uh, in Intensify gives you layers. You can do brushes uh, to to brush in effects and brush out effects, erase effects. Uh, some of the stuff that's not quite working right is some of the keystrokes. Like they they have an H in parentheses mm-hmm. for hand. And you hit it, and it just bonks at you. But if you have the standalone app, hitting the H actually changes it to the hand. Um, going like changing the size of the um, of the brush it has the standard left right brackets, and you should be able to use those. And you can in the standalone app, but that isn't working yet in the extension. So my contact is is talking to the engineers to find out if it was brain fade or just they didn't implement it yet, or what's going to happen there. Um, the undo button is missing. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is not my full review. Uh, yeah, not having undo is a little tricky, but it, remember, this is non-destructive editing. Yeah. So we have non-destructive editing, brushes, layers, brush in effects, out effects. It's pretty stinking cool. Um, whether MacFun's going to be the, the end game or whether they just got first to market, I don't know. But I am already just tickled pink. Really, really excited about it. Excellent. And uh, it's killing me not to have it on my main machine. I have to keep running back to my MacBook to do it. Oh, which of course you can't change until the screen flow is officially fixed. Yeah, I might do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear that, Don? You didn't say that? Did <laughs> Alison, did you see my note in Google Plus about the fact that it wasn't working for me and I had to go into um, uh, system preferences, uh, into extensions to actually get, uh, uh, get the uh, box checked under photos for uh, the MacFun uh, applications? Yeah, um, I thought that's what everybody had to do. 
Uh, well, I hadn't seen that. I, okay. I, there was an assumption that it automatically works, and I hadn't seen that you've got to go through that process first, and then I did a bit of Google foo and, and found it. Yeah, I don't remember if I figured that out on my own. I forget, but yeah, and uh, I forget even where it is. Yeah, you do have to do a little bit of jiggery pokery to get it to go. It's not. I mean, it's not too. It's not difficult. It's just knowing it that you have to do it. Yeah. That's the trick. Yeah, yeah. 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 I assume that'll get easier too. But uh, yeah, that to me, that's the biggest thing. Is I didn't care if the OS got updated. I cared deeply if photos <laughs> yes. got updated because I've been you know struggling with limited uh, limited tools, and so to have those tools back. Pretty excited. Well, that's, yeah, because you, you took one for the team there, you know, <laughs> diving straight into photos on day one. And it was great that you did it because I didn't <laughs> yeah, have to. that band-aid off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to hear that you're so excited about getting these cool features back. Yeah, I want to show them to you because I want you to tell me uh, if it's as good as I think it is or if it's stupid. Okay, well, I believe we're recording a podcast a few days from now, so we'll definitely have a play. Okay, sounds good. Okay, uh, any final thoughts on LCAP? Solid-ish. <laughs> no, it's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. I've had a total of one crash since they updated the first day it came out, so I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. It was a pretty bad crash. I did have to reboot the machine, but, you know, it was only one. Uh, one final th- story here. Um, Apple have redone their privacy policy, and it's actually, it would appear to be designed to be understood which is unusual for privacy policies, which I generally find are designed to be lawyer-proof. So it's spectacularly human-friendly and lays out service by service what Apple do and why and which bits you can turn off and you know, which bits you can't, basically. So I would suggest that if you're wondering whether Apple is the same as everyone else, I would say have a read of this privacy policy, then wander over to the Googles and have a read of theirs and make up your own mind whether these two companies are the same or not. I am firmly of the opinion they are not. So did you read the whole thing so we don't have to and you can just tell us what it said? I, did. I don't remember it. Word for <laughs> I, word. I was actually counting on that. Somebody said, did you read it? I said, nah, I'll just have Bart tell me about it. No, I read it and basically they lay out very well what they do, what they don't, and drawing particular attention in many cases to what they don't do and to the amount of effort they go to to disassociate you from your actions. Well, which I mean, so, you know, it, it is kind of spooky that if you type stuff into the search box by default, it will search the web for you as well. But it, Apple go out of their way to disconnect that search from your ID. And they explain how they do it and how often they reset the IDs and stuff. And so you can really see a company that is striving to give you the service without stealing your privacy. And they say in the privacy policy, we sell you stuff. That's why we don't need to steal your data that's how we make our money we sell you the stuff which is exactly what i've been saying for years follow the money um so it is very human readable and you can it's it's broken into sections so if you just care about messages you can skip down the messages so if you're concerned about something it's easy to find what you're looking for and i was very impressed when i read it and i genuinely i read it all start to finish it didn't take me long and it wasn't difficult Okay, well, I th- having we're going for an hour and 20 minutes, so uh, let's I did, just... I did think of one more snotty thing to say about El Capitan. Oh, go on. Go on. Uh, t- sorry, two more things I don't like um, that were touted as good things. I'm not saying anything's worse, but something that was supposed to be good and, and isn't as good. Uh, split screen. 
I tried doing split screen and got just really bad results. So uh, first of all, the apps have to have the API for it. So not all my apps will go split screen. Uh, you, you click and hold on the green little bubble in the upper left, and that lets you put it on either the left or right. And, uh, and then it's waiting for you to put a second thing in. So you have to know that you want to put two things as side by side, which makes sense. Um, but on the, the left screen, I've had graphics problems where it got all garbled on top of each other that were not repeatable. Um, but I've also seen it where it just makes everything way, way smaller. So if I do it on my 27-inch cinema display, sure, that's going to be great. But on my on my 12-inch uh, MacBook, it made Facebook so small I couldn't read any of it. So that was stupid. Um, the second thing was this idea of pin tabs. I thought, oh, pin tabs, yay. Well, I'm in and out of Google Plus all the time. I'm going to go pin a tab there, right? So I pinned Google Plus, my Google Plus uh, community, onto, uh, into a pin tab, and I thought, okay, that's great. And then I was in the Google Plus community. I thought, oh, let me right-click and go to this, uh, go to this link, but I want to open it in a new tab. It will not open it in a new tab. It opens it in that tab, and now you have pinned that new tab. Oh. So like Facebook, I want to open a link from Facebook, but I want to leave Facebook open where it was. Nope. Now you've just changed it. Next time you go back in, it's on that new location. Yeah. Split, split screen needs a bit of work. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. I just felt that it was just a bit clunky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've, I've, I've had issues where I, I, I've, I've basically got two applications up and then you move back to one of the other applications just to, to put it so it's not full screen or full split screen and then the other application seems to disappear in the background somewhere probably going on a different desktop and then that will become full screen and you can't get out of that so there there are one or two little things that niggly bits which they need to fix it fix with the split screen yeah alison i think it was you pointed out that microsoft did this way better yeah, I mean, you just drag it to the left and it goes bing, and it yeah. you can have something split screen and nothing else on the other half. Um, works really well. Um, I use Moom to do that on the Mac. You get close and it just sort of draws a, a little dotted line to show you that you're doing it. So you can go the top half, bottom half, left, right half, and only have one thing in that half before you have to figure out what the other thing is. It just seems to work really easily i i and it and it doesn't suddenly distort what you're looking at into some format you can't really read so i'm i'm not impressed with it at all won't use it until they fix it yeah because apple's idea is it's effectively a half a full screen so it's not that the window is just resized on your desktop it's that it makes a whole new desktop that has two halves yes yes yeah yeah that Uh, is disappointing because i was rather hoping they were just going to copy paste from windows because windows got it right yeah, just steal it. Be done with it. Okay, yeah, um, like, like that's happened before. It does happen, and it should happen. <laughs> I wish I wish a lot more people would steal some of Apple's ideas. Um, okay, so just three little quick stories to mention. Apple have a new board member, a chap called uh, James Bell, who was a CFO for a little company called Boeing. Um, and Apple Music has gone to China along with. So does that mean we're going to have the flying car? Clearly, that is what we must infer from it. The Apple yes. plane yep. is twenty twenty five. Cool. Made up a new rumor there. Uh, finally, <laughs> uh, Apple's Q four earnings call will be on October the twenty seventh. So we'll be talking about that next month. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. Before I introduce my guests. Um, just a reminder, there are full detailed show notes of all of the stories that informed our discussions over at let's-talk.ie. 
and you'll usually hear me talk about the two big blue buttons over there to help you support the show. Well, there's now three big blue buttons over there to help you support the show. So you can make a donation via PayPal. You can sign up on Patreon to support the show there. And the Patreon is, has like a special place in my heart. Um, so the way Patreon works is that you sign up and you pledge X amount per episode I manage to publish of the two podcasts together. So it's two a month. And assuming I do them, I get that amount per month from everyone who supports the show. So basically, the people who support the show on Patreon are like the patrons of the show. And I know how much I can spend on bills because I know what's coming in from Patreon. It's a really great system. It makes it very easy to do this kind of, you know, non-commercial podcasting. So Patreon supporters, you guys absolutely rock and I love you to bits. And then the third new button that wasn't there before is a button that takes you to a place called Zazzle, where you can buy Let's Talk merchandise for the first time. So I, of course, tested all this out myself. So I now have a very nice new mug and a very nice new travel mug. And they have our lovely logo on them. The way it works is you get a cool product. They're high-quality, well-printed products. Uh, Some of the money goes to me for the purchase. And also, you get to walk around being a walking ad for this show. So it's a win-win situation. (laughs) So three blue buttons, do please consider clicking on them. And thank you to everyone who has clicked on the various buttons over the time. I yeah. personally am a patron of the arts because I love this content. And why not, uh, why not get, pay for it where we don't have to listen to ads? I think it's fantastic, Bart. Yeah, I'm definitely not affected by ad blockers. <laughs> Gotta love it. Okay, uh, panel, thank you very much. You guys also give freely of your time, and I very much appreciate it. So, um, Alison, you didn't even get to do a plug at the start because you were having a nice coffee. So do you want to tell people (laughs) where you hang out? My apologies again for being late. That was not for the dramatic entrance. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I do the NoSillaCast Mac podcast hosted over at podfeet.com. My tagline is a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. If you haven't heard the show, Bart does a segment every other week in uh, in a segment of the show I call Chit Chat Across the Pond. And we have a lot of fun over there, different guests every other week. And uh, it's geeky and it's fun and, and I have fun. So you should come listen. It's awesome. And then we have... Oh, Gat- and follow me on pod, at Podfeet on Twitter. And all over the internet, in fact. Your, your, your Podfeet are... If it's Podfeet, it's probably you. <laughs> uh, Gaz, where do you hang out? Uh, you can go over to gazmas.com, but generally each week I uh, I sit and put up with a guy called Guy Searle, and we uh, we call ourselves a G-Men and do uh, a little podcast called the MyMac podcast and uh it's a bit satirical really it's not actually very serious but we have a bit of fun and there are tips in there it's worth a listen i enjoy doing it so does guy and that's the important thing having been a guest on the show it is good crack yeah it's <laughs> laughter therapy that's what it is yeah definitely well it is for me for and those guy. in the u.s crack <laughs> is a, is a form of cocaine and i don't think that's what he means no i mean it in the irish sense c-r-a-i-c the irish word which is to have it's a special kind of irish fun it, it, it's a very positive thing to say in this country it has nothing to do with illegal drugs perhaps some guinness but anyway uh, and finally nick where uh, where can people find you on the internet's uh, on Twitter, I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Or if you're Alison, Spligosh, but I really don't mind Aww. that. Oh, <laughs> do it wrong all these years? Yeah, that's probably untrainable out of me, sorry. <laughs> At least I call you, right? Absolutely. <laughs> ah, yes, yeah, so Alison from the Nozilla cast. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and, and I've got to say, Alison, every time I hear Dave Hamilton, I shout at him. 
<laughs> for saying Nozilla cast. It, yes. Yeah. You're not the only one, Gaz. Whenever someone mispronounces it, I shout at them too. It, <laughs> it irks me so much and it's not my show. So I can only imagine. You know, I finally just sat down and I, I just, I pay for the domain nozillacast.com just because I figured, yeah, well, right. yeah, yeah. what are you going to do? You, you you can't you can't fix it. Redirect. That's what you're I, I'd be very curious actually to run a little uh, just to run the web server logs on that and see how many hits you get to the mistyping. <laughs> actually, I was on. Uh, I did a little video bit for iOS Today with Leo Laporte, Mega Maroney, and uh, before the show started, I was watching live, and uh, Leo asked to the camera. He said, "If Allison's listening, uh, where does where does the name of your website come from?" And I said, well, no, Silla's my name spelled backwards. And he just fell out of his chair laughing because he's, he's known me for years and he never knew that. And he's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I never figured that out. And that's why there's no Z and no Silla cast. Unless you're Alison, Sharon. <laughs> I should just change my name. That's there it. There we go. That's it. Anyway, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. So you can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. Listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello and good evening. This is Gaz for the MyMac Podcast. And we know you have your pick of high quality downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, Old Bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac Podcast is the right choice to make intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact, we restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... (sighs) Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac Podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows about OS X and iOS there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? Then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes... I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. That would explain why he was doubled over at the time. Check out the Stoplight Network and the MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper.